So here we are, it's Easter Sunday. I've had this date circled on my calendar for quite a while now, though I guess you would expect that from a Presbyterian minister. Though I have to tell you, I could have never imagined when I circled this date on my calendar that we would all be locked behind closed doors like the disciples on that first Easter morning. This is unlike any Easter that most of us have ever experienced. There was no coming to the pecan grove before daylight this day. There has been no placing of the flowers in the cross. Families aren't lining up to take photos here in the chancel. There have been no neighborhood Easter egg hunts or neighborhood brunches. The sanctuary is not packed to the gills this day. This Easter, quite simply, feels different. And I don't know about you, but I have felt deeply this week that I need resurrection this year. This Easter has become far less about a date on a calendar and much more about the necessity of resurrection in my life in the world. I think resurrection feels necessary for us this year because We need to know that there is no sickness and that there is no pain that is stronger than God's love. We need resurrection this year because we need to know that loneliness and isolation and fear will never have the final say because through Jesus Christ, God has overcome the power of death. I gotta say, I need that this year. I mean, we always need resurrection, always but I'm not sure we always recognize it. This year, there is a collective vulnerability because we have come face to face with the fragility of life. I mean, we are acutely aware of the tombs of the world this day. Oh, I need this story this year like I need water because these days have been wary and because the days ahead remain uncertain. Oh, I need this resurrection story because it feels like everything has changed. I mean, simple things. Like how we grocery shop, or how we talk to our friends, or how we care for our families, or how we work, how we view the sick among us, how we legislate, how we care for our children, how we plan, and how we communicate. But it's not just the simple things that have changed. The way that we understand or view our lives has changed. Like how we uh, value and understand a day's work. How we prioritize our lives. How we understand our worth apart from our production. I mean, who among us hasn't thought over the last four weeks? Who am I? if I'm not being productive? Who am I as a human being rather than who am I as a human doing? Oh, it all feels like it's changing. It feels like everything has changed. The first disciples, uh, they know that feeling. Everything that they had risked their lives for seems to have come to an end. The Roman Empire seems to have won The show of force parade that Pilate had the week before, it turns out that wasn't just a show. He made good on his promise. 
It's been fulfilled. Jesus was crucified as a rebel against the state, against the religious establishment, against the empire. Oh, Jesus got a taste of the real world. That's how this world operates. And that's it. That's all there is. Everything has changed for the disciples. Jesus is dead. And so they flee to a house, and as far as they know, they could be next. And just when the disciples think that there is no hope, just when the disciples think that there is no light in the midst of their darkness, just when the disciples think that there is no way forward, just when they think they know what all this means and that this is all there is, the two Marys go to the tomb. And they go to the tomb expecting to find the body. Because that's where you go to find death. But when they get there, listen to what happens next. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, uh, do not be alarmed. You were looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Oh, everything has changed. Everything has changed. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he has been raised. He's not here. He's not at the tomb. The Marys don't find death there. They find life. And Jesus, who was crucified, has been raised, and he is among the living. Oh, everything has changed. That means that everything that the disciples thought that they knew has changed. It seems that the way of power and might the way of force and violence, the way of power and empire, the way of politics and crucifixion, the way of the religious establishment, that that way, it doesn't have the final word. Oh, everything has changed. The way of illness and suffering isn't the only way. This isn't the way it has to be. This isn't all that there is. Oh, this means that there is another way in this world. Oh, everything has changed. There is another way, an alternate path, a different way to be in this world, and that is the way of Jesus. It's the way of compassion and the way of mercy, the way of forgiveness and the way of generosity, the way of life that reveals that light is stronger than darkness that love is greater than hate, that community is more powerful than division, that life is greater than death. Oh, that way, 
That way lives. And yet, when you close your laptop screen or when you turn off your television, this service will be over and the world around us will feel the same. I mean, tomorrow we will wake up and the coronavirus will still be with us. We will wake up tomorrow and we will shelter in place for another day. Tomorrow, hospital workers will run to the front lines. Everything has changed this day. And yet, the world around us still feels the same. But the resurrection reveals that there is a different way, a different path in this world for us to follow. For the disciples, the world around them went on in the same way. I mean, the Roman Empire went on crucifying and exploiting the religious establishment went on drawing lines of exclusion. The same risk and dangers were still there. But for the disciples, everything had changed. It's, uh, it, it's why the earliest followers of Jesus were not known as Christians. They were known as followers of the way. So then, my friends, it makes resurrection less about something that we have gathered on this Easter Sunday to say that we believe. It makes resurrection something that we live. The invitation to this resurrection day is this, to live the resurrection life. That is the good news of the gospel. It's the great invitation on this Easter Sunday because everything has changed. And yet what has not changed is that we are a resurrection people who proclaim light and love in the face of darkness and the unknown. We are a resurrection people who claim community in the face of division. We are a resurrection people who live out of love in the face of hate, in the face of racism, and in the face of homophobia. We are a resurrection people who proclaim life is more valuable than profit. We are a resurrection people who seek the path of forgiveness and mercy over and over and over again. Oh, we are a resurrection people who proclaim life in the face of death. Oh, we are a resurrection people who live like we belong to one another because we all belong to God. We are a resurrection people who seek to follow a different way, the way of Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. That Jesus has been raised, and he is not here. My dear friend and teacher, David Bartlett, once told me when he was in college, and far from home at Easter time, the local Presbyterian church sponsored a retreat for the students who were not leaving for the holiday. And the Bible stories at the retreat naturally focused on the stories of resurrection. David said, we talked in our most college student way about probability and possibility, miracle and rationality, until finally one woman, having heard all she cared to hear about resurrection, pulled back from the table and she said, it, it can't be true. And the Presbyterian minister leading the discussion simply asked, well, why not? 
And the woman replied, because uh, if, if it is true, then everything is changed. It is true. Everything has changed. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he has been raised. He is not here. He is among the living. He is among you, among all of us. So my dear friends, may we be a people who live the resurrection life this day and all of our days. May it be so. Amen.